When I graduated from IU a few years ago now, with a minor in medieval studies, I learned that of the thousands who graduated that May, there were only four of us with that minor. No one majored in it. Now, I was not fooled. Medieval studies is not chemical engineering or the equivalent of obtaining a placement at Harvard Law School or anything like that. The courses were not hard. There were only just a few requirements, and it was not competitive at all. In a word, few people obtained a medieval studies minor because, simply put, no one cared. Probably only the four of us had any inkling of a desire for it. So when Christ affirms that few people will be saved, that the gate is narrow, and that many will attempt to enter but will not be strong enough, we might ask, why is the Lord so harsh? Why is the gate narrow? Why are the many who attempt to enter not strong enough? But the reason for the narrowness of this gate and the strength needed to enter through it is not like other difficult accomplishments. One does not flunk out of heaven because he's not smart enough, nor does he get sent to hell because he failed a sort of physical strength or fitness test, nor will he be hindered at the narrow gates because he's not wealthy enough to bribe some celestial official at the entryway. Having lived in D.C. and Italy, I'm familiar with how bribes work. No, it's if someone does not unite himself to God in heaven, it's ultimately because he does not want it. It's because he does not want it. Entering the narrow gate is much more akin to a college student minoring in medieval studies. Few do it because few actually want it. Except there's one small detail. I can guarantee that studying medieval studies is not going to make you happy. But if you enter through the narrow gate, you will be perfectly happy forever. Union with God is the source of perfect happiness and joy. That's what heaven is in a nutshell. No one can ever grow tired or bored with that union with God. It leaves nothing to be desired. It quells all restlessness of the heart, satisfies the deepest cravings of the minds, and heals soul and body of every wound. But the reason so few people want it the reason that few people have a strong enough desire to be with God is that most of us prefer something else. In our pursuit of heaven, in our living out the Christian life, each one of us has to face the reality that I want, that I prefer things that are not good for me that I long for things that, if I seek to obtain them, will compromise my being perfectly happy. I desire things that will lessen or destroy my love for God. And acting on those kinds of desires, which we call sin, destroys that love for God. Sin is bad 
After all, not because it leaves some black mark or imperfection on our souls, or that sin causes God to not love us. Sin is bad because it causes us not to love God. Sin is deadly because it makes us stop wanting God. It makes us stop preferring God to everything else. The gate, then, is narrow because for each one of us, entering it requires that we overcome ourselves. I have to recognize that I want, that I love the wrong things, or that I love them in a disordered way. I have to turn away to repent from actions that I might have enjoyed. I have to regularly admit to a priest that I have deliberately chosen what I ought not to do or have neglected what I ought. I must overcome the illusions that I have about myself and see myself as I really am. And the goal of all of this is not just that we stop sinning or that we stop loving the wrong things. The goal is that our love for God eventually displaces all of our wayward loves. It is that we end up wanting, that we end up desiring to be with God more than we want anything else. If our love for God is but a tiny flame, it must be fanned into a blazing fire. If it has been extinguished through sin, it must be rekindled through confession. And if any of this is to happen, if our desire, if our love for God is to be reignited or increase, we must seek God out in daily prayer. We must find him in the sacraments, especially that of penance and the Eucharist, and we must develop virtue. Because without these, we will not discover for ourselves that God is, in the end, supremely desirable. Unless we seek time to be with God, and unless we purge from our lives what offends him, we will never see how happy he can make us, how much joy that it is in his power to hand over to us. The gate into God's house is narrow, not because the Lord throws obstacles into our paths or because he wants only the best and brightest in his kingdom or because he seeks out only those for whom it is always religion, religion, religion all the time, who always listen to Christian radio, who, who cover their walls with religious artwork. That's not it at all. The gate is narrow and few enter it because at the end of the day, few truly want to be with God. But in the end, we're not left to do this. We're not left to overcome ourselves on our own. For to anyone who asks, to anyone who turns toward Christ and away from his unruly desires, in the confessional, or in prayer, Jesus stands willing to give him grace. He stands waiting, willing, wanting to give each one of us the strength that it takes to love God over everything else. 
to kindle and to fan and to flame the fire that is that desire to be with him and to hand over to each one of us the power to want him, the power to want him over our desire for anything else.